everyone, my name's Cicero and I'm the Inclusion Lead for Canada Dance. And we're with the lovely Beth, who's a director and a professional. And we'll be talking today about technical jargon and language use in the care system. Amazing. Thanks, Cicero. Hello, everyone. How would you, how do you feel, sorry, about language and jargon used in care? Well, I feel like it's really important. I think the type of language we can use is very, it can have a lot of implications on a young person and care planning and how a young person is perceived as well um, by the wider professionals and support network. I feel that like, for example, you know, if you're calling context is key, if you are using certain languages such as challenging or, um, you know, aggressive, what does that actually mean? And what is the context behind it? For me, it's really important to have an understanding of the context. So is the young person um, challenging in some ways in terms of their behaviors or you know can they be quite aggressive in some ways in terms of their behaviors because maybe you know at specific times maybe they haven't seen their family or maybe it's a sort of trigger that can um, impact them so for me I just think it's really important to to be mindful of certain languages and I think too often we use things like contact um and you know things like where it's just seeing your family what do you think Cicero what's your view and like in terms of like why using language that cares what what do you think the impact and effect can be on a young person um who maybe is in care or a young person who is experiencing a lot of difficulties absolutely so I just think the way we use certain language is appropriate for different types of um different types of like events that happen in a young person's life for example sometimes children might enjoy calling family time contact or contact family time it all just depends on the individual young person um i also think professionals as well may have to use like the languages like contact and statutory visits and stuff like that when they're obviously doing their paperwork mm. um but I, I guess you wouldn't swear in front of a young person so why why would you then sort of use sort of really big technical language to someone that's eight do you know what I mean I just think that there's maybe a more appropriate term to use I think that's a really good point, actually, because, yeah, like it, it does depend on the individual and person. And do they what do they like to call family time? Is it they like to call family time or is it just that they like to see their mum and dad? Or is it that they like the word contact? Is that what they're sort of used to and is what is, um, you know, they can understand? Um, and so I think that's really important. I think you're right. It's important to actually get to know that young person and ask them what would they like? How would they like to refer to? Um, family time um and I think in terms of like the language we use I think sometimes it you know we can have such a, if we flip on it so not so much focusing on the negative it can be very empowering for a young person you know recognizing that a young person is extremely passionate about something so if they feel you know rather than labeling that as 
you know, you're very outspoken. No, actually, maybe they're just passionate about something. And that means that they'll be really good at um, being an advocate for themselves and potentially being a leader in certain situations. So I think as well, using empowering language and reframing it can be super effective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. Um, I just wanted to share this quote that I found from Foster Carer. And it says the use of language is at at a very individual level. So a term used for one child may not be right for another. Children use different words in different contexts. They may call foster carer, carer, foster, foster, they may, sorry, they may call foster carer, mum or dad in one situation, but not in another. Foster carers and the children they look after need to work this out between them. So it's almost as if it's sort of a, a personal agreement as to like, what would you like to be called or even not even making it as sort of institutionalized as that, make it sort of a, a nice and easy conversation and it respects people's boundaries as well. Absolutely. I think that's a really lovely quote. And I think as well, like in terms of sort of my role as a social worker, but also within Care to Dance, it's something that we employ a lot of. So getting to, and I think that's why it's important for a young person, all of those around them, not just social workers, all of the people around them with their schools, extracurriculum activities like whoever's having contact with that young person and speaking to the young person understanding what terminology they like to use so in care to dance you know we might have quite a few young people that do call their foster carers mum and dad and so us being able to um reaffirm that and use their language is really important because actually saying carers as a generalized sense may cause them some upset so yeah I think that's a really good point which just about getting to know the individual isn't it yeah absolutely and I just had um, another thing that someone from uh, Care Leavers Forum had spoke about Mm -hmm. they said I don't know what a staff visit is for me it is when my source worker just comes around so I do not feel there has to be a specific word for it which I absolutely agree with I just think a stat stat which you visit should also be known as just come to visit to see how we're doing type of thing instead of a social worker saying oh hello hello I'm doing your statutory visit um obviously some children might want to be called like that because they might not might not want you to be anything more than just a social worker however some people say social workers is in sort of like a like a person to talk to like a friend someone that but obviously still having that professional relationship I think that's a really good point and actually thinking about it you know when I've written care plans I have said statutory visits you know within a care plans but actually you're right that that shouldn't really necessarily be the case unless they want that in there you know it should just be because I don't see them as a statutory visit but because we're so used to writing that and paperwork as social workers you can forget that actually that and I guess the narrative behind that is you have to go see the young person rather than just calling it a visit to come and chat because you want to, which is always the case. You know, I always want to go see young people. But if I write it as a statutory visit, that doesn't always sort of reflect that. I find as well the term lack can Mm -hmm. be quite offensive, in my personal opinion. And somebody else from Cheshire said, every child is looked after. There is no point. There's no need to point us out. Some would consider themselves looked after before coming into care. So actually, I think that term could be sort of used as well to demoralise parents or people that have been um, 
you know, at the home environment before they've been in the care. So I guess it's looking at that and maybe changing the way that it's used. I know like lack reviews and stuff like that, mm. which I don't, I don't, I don't like. Yeah. Um, it could just be called like a, a review meeting or sort of the name and what the review is. Yeah, so that's interesting. Actually, in my current local authority, they call it review of arrangements, which I hadn't heard before. And I, I like that. I think that's much better. Um, but again, I do think it comes back, doesn't it, about terminology and the way we use it and making sure it's individual to that young person. Like how how does the young person identify? And that's a question I've got for you, Cicero. From your experience, what impact do certain terminologies have on your own identity and your own self? Um, so I, I don't like the word, for example, I don't like the word restrain. Mm. Um, or, or I really don't like that word, just mm. simply because it means that you've been restricted of something, which sounds as if you've sort of done, you've, you're going to, you're being aggressive and violent, which a lot of the time that's not actually the case when you've been restrained. Um, it could just be for your own safety um, or something along the lines of that. Mm. So I, I guess calling it physical help to stay safe or physical help or physical intervention or um, guidance. Do you know what I mean? I guess that restraints quite institutionalised and old fashioned. Mm. Um, another thing as well I don't like is the term EBD, which is emotional behavioural difficulties. That seems very, very old and very, very sort of, um, again, institutionalised. Um, the better the better way to put it is SEMH, which is, you know, social, emotional, mental health, mm. which covers a large spectrum, whereas ABD sounds like it's something that can be treated, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It sounds quite clinical. Yeah. Um, I don't like as well. That's a really good point. And I think, yeah, and I think term, terminologies that do sound clinical, I think it's interesting, isn't it, because... I think what you're describing is really, it, you just need to talk about the context, isn't it? It's like when you're describing an event, just use it in such layman terms. Like I helped a young person because they were feeling upset at the time, which Kate, you know, which reflected in a way that meant that themselves and other people may have not been safe. Like that is describing sort of something that you could, yeah, you could use in a couple of words that actually the terminologies make it sound very sort of, it had just doesn't have the context there. So you, I feel like you always need context because there's always reason behind something. And in terms of empowering a young person, what is it that they've done that's been amazing? What is it that, what skills do they have? Name it and talk about that, I think is so important. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple of other ones as well. I, I really don't like the, the the term special needs. I think everybody in their own in their own sense is special in different ways. And like you said, like empowering the young person, making the young person person feel feel special themselves. I think sort of using sort of the, the terms additionally supported mm. or needs named or like developmental delay and learning needs, etc. I just think that's much better than calling someone that has, you know, additional uh, needs, additional support. I think that it's just vital that we sort of change the way how we say it. Yeah. Because some people might find that offensive or uncomfortable. 
And I guess it's just sort of, again, tailoring it to the young person, what they might might like absolutely I think that's the bottom line isn't it thinking about tailoring it in person and just thinking about the recent event that you went to in the University of Manchester um that when we went with the care to dance ambassadors that um in Manchester where you spoke to the frontline social work students I think you spoke to about over 400 people didn't you you got up and got them doing a bit of Zumba <laughs> so do you think that should happen more in terms of care experience young people talking to social workers and talking to professionals that work with young people like yourselves around what makes a good social worker and what they feel is important in terms of the social work practice absolutely 100 percent. i think um the people that are in care and care leavers are no better than my personal opinion they're no better than social workers in some senses because They've obviously had that experience. They've lived it themselves. Therefore, I think they would be the best people to train different social workers in different sort of areas. Mm. And um, events like that should happen a lot more. And I'm very thankful that Care to Dance offered us that experience. It was quite good. Oh, no. Well, you absolutely rocked it, honestly. You were like, inclusion aid with the mic. You were like, yo, I'm here. <laughs> and then you got, like, you got about like 400 plus people standing up doing spins <laughs> it was so good oh, but yeah no I think we've had some really good chats today is there anything else that you think that we need to touch upon or do you think we've covered everything I think we've covered everything yeah I think we have final words then Cicero tell us something tell us a fun fact that you're doing at the moment I've put you on the spot here um I'm doing my operational first aid course and combined care with St. Uh, John's Ambulance. Amazing. That's so good. Woohoo. And when will you finish that? Is it coming up? Um, next week. Yeah, that's incredible. And you've just done your level two dance leadership with Care to Dance as well, which is incredible. So you're going to go far um, and you're an incredible inclusion lead for us. 